0: Hi, it's Vana. Welcome to Midlife Confidence. I found that bringing our glow back in our middle years comes from learning to manage our own mind. It's time to love your life and love yourself. Join me on a journey as we discover our midlife confidence. have my favorite guest of all time back with me today because that's my husband Michael. And Hello. yeah. So Mike and I have been married, it will be 39 years this week. Holy cow. So that's why we're doing this podcast together, another celebration of our long-term marriage. And we want to share our response to top marriage tips that you hear all the time. <laughs> If you Google it, you'll find lists of like 27 tips for keeping your marriage strong. And we're taking those with a grain of salt, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: So today we're going to talk about three tips that we ignore, three tips that we're working on, and three tips that we made up. And you'll notice that... None of this is about the ones that we've got all figured out and we do perfectly and we're the great example of. Because marriage is definitely a process of learning over time, right?
1: It is. And can I just say, first of all, that I'm shocked I'm back. I thought last time you said I would never be invited back.
0: I did not say
1: that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And is this a good place to insert the cautionary tale? Yeah. So, years and years and years ago, we were asked to speak in church and I wanted to share a story that involved my wife and I went to her first and asked for her permission. I said, would you be okay if I shared this? Because I threw her under the bus a little bit and she said, oh yeah, that's no problem, go ahead. And so, I did. I shared that story in church. So, back in our BYU days, Vaughn wanted to visit her family in Cache Valley and We needed to take two cars. I think she was returning a car to her family and I was going to follow her and drive back. It was winter, cold, icy roads. And I remember she took off and I was driving a car that was lighter and a little bit sketchier. And so, um, I had fallen a little bit behind. We came to an overpass where there were trucks and semis that had slid off the road and I'm like, oh my goodness, I better slow down. But it was too late. I was already on black ice, and my car slid off the side of the road, just like everybody else's. And my wife did not notice. She just kept on going. And I was stuck, and I didn't know the way. And it was some time before she realized, and I had to get myself. Out of the mess. Anyway, I I finally
0: looked back and realized he wasn't behind me anymore.
1: (laughs) And she pulled over. I was way
0: down the road by then.
1: It was quite a ways. But I was I was relating that to how sometimes we feel like maybe God doesn't notice us, He doesn't see the trouble we're in, and we might feel adrift. And so there was a, a purpose to me relating the story, but someone was offended deeply. Uh, in that meeting and it was apparently another couple whose marriage was perhaps struggling. And I remember the bishop came to me the following Sunday and said, Mike, I need to talk to you. And he shared with me what had happened that it, it was causing trouble and as a result, I it was fast and testimony meaning I got up and I apologized in front of the entire ward for sharing a story my wife gave me permission to share but it was still the right thing to do. and. We share that here to make a point. Vana, what's our point?
0: The point is we're going to share some things that work for us today. Please don't use them against you. Don't take something that we say today, something that we figured out or the way we do things and think, oh, that's how we should do it or how my spouse should do it. And don't use it against your marriage or to create any feelings of drama or disappointment or contention. (laughs) We just want to share our experience. And we love it when other people do too, because we learn from other people's experiences. So that's our caution. (laughs) We're going to start with three marriage tips that you hear out there sometimes, but we choose to ignore them. And the first one is actually the biggest advice I got growing up. It wasn't advice, it was a rule. <laughs> this was a rule in my house. And it was, if you can say something nice, don't say anything at all. And I completely understand the intention under that. You know, like don't argue, don't create problems with your brothers and sisters, like stop fighting is what the intention of that was. But that sunk so deep into me that I just found it as I grew up, really hard to say anything to anyone that I thought might upset them or any kind of criticism or even just expressing my thoughts and my opinions.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes too in the church we, we reinforce that. I remember hearing President Kimball say something like he'd never gone to bed angry at Sister Kimball and I was always fond of saying I too have never gone to bed angry at Sister Kimball, but I don't know that <laughs> I was... Might have good.
0: gone to bed angry at me. <laughs>
1: But that doesn't mean it's not worth aspiring to. And I understand the sentiment of let's not waste time and energy on negativity and saying bad things. But I know what you're saying. If it silences our desire to express a different feeling than somebody else might have, then then we've we've missed the point of that, it seems.
0: So instead of following that advice, we're really working on trying to allow the other person to express their opinion without judging it or getting upset about it. We had an experience lately that kind of illustrates this. (laughs) I was having trouble sending Mike emails from my Gmail account. He wasn't getting it in his work account. And so he asked me to send them to a really old email account he has from a company he doesn't work for anymore. And I just thought it would be easier for him to create a new Gmail account. It only takes five minutes. And I could tell he was resistant to that idea, but I just wanted to share my thoughts. And do you remember what I said? You could
1: tell I was resistant because I said, heck no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs>
0: and I and I and for a moment I was like, okay, I sh- maybe I should just be quiet. Don't say anything at all, since he's not gonna think what I'm gonna say is nice but i decided i wanted to speak up and share my thoughts so i said you know it really doesn't take that long to set up a new gmail account and honestly it bothers me to send email to an account from a company that created a lot of problems in my life and you don't work for it anymore i just don't want to see the name of that company anymore so that's my problem right but i asked him if he'd be willing to make that new account and I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) With a little more emotion than that. Like, he was pretty upset, actually. And at that point, I said, hey, I get to say what I think. And he came back with.
1: And I get to be mad about it. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And at the moment, like, I won't say I loved it, but I knew it was true. If I get to express my opinion, he does, too. And... He didn't want to follow that, and I just had to accept that, and I got through that pretty quick, realizing, okay, we both get to express our opinion. (laughs) Okay, here's the second one of marriage tips that we ignore, and that is the idea that you should split the household chores evenly, and honestly, I don't think there's any way to actually do that. How do you measure work, right? And keeping score just doesn't work. So, in our house, Mike has just decided to step up and he does most of the dishes all the time. Did we have a real agreement on that or did it just happen?
1: I think it goes back to when you wanted to make some dietary changes for health reasons, trying to manage some cholesterol and some other things. And you wanted to cook differently. And I was not as familiar or as capable of sharing in that. So, I just said, you cook all clean. And and I think that's kind of when it changed.
0: And it's kind of balanced out. It really does help because I do most of the cooking and I make a huge mess. (laughs) And I wouldn't be willing to cook the way I do if I also had to spend 45 minutes cooking and then another 45 minutes cleaning up. So having Mike jump in and mostly take charge of the dishes that way has really created some space and peace in our life. And the other thing that this has brought up is like, His idea of doing dishes was always different than what my definition of doing dishes was. And in years past, I would kind of feel frustrated that, of course, he was washing the dishes and filling up the dishwasher, but then the counters weren't wiped off and the floor wasn't swept and the microwave was still dirty. Because that was what I was kind of taught meant doing the dishes. But he took it very literally in the way he was taught, right? (laughs) And now I just don't, like, however he wants to do them is okay. I'll catch up on it later. Maybe on the weekend, I'll do a real deep clean on the kitchen.
1: I think I've evolved, though. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm you honest. definitely, in fact, you usually do wipe off the counters now. Oh,
1: yeah, the counters, is a, that's a standard. That's a standard <laughs> part of my offering. And <clears throat> usually the floors, but still not the microwave. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you still get that one. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And it's fine. Another top marriage tip out there is like, or it's more of an attitude or an expectation that if you're married, you should want to be together all the time. And one of the odd things in our relationship right now is since the pandemic, we both work at home and we work at home across the hall from each other. And yet we almost never eat together during the day. (laughs) And this is because he doesn't eat breakfast. So he's hungry at 11.30 and eats lunch at 11.30. I eat breakfast, but then that means I eat lunch later. So it just doesn't line up. And what do you have to say about that? Yeah,
1: Yeah, (laughs) it, it works. And sometimes it does line up and it's great and we'll sit down and have a little visit during lunch, but it's okay if it doesn't.
0: And the main thing I want to take away from this is that if your marriage doesn't look like some standard out there. It doesn't have to be a problem. It's really what works for you. We haven't let this hurt our relationship at all. We usually eat dinner together, but not 100% of the time. Mike figures out what he's going to eat for lunch, and we just don't have any drama about it. We don't make things a problem that aren't really a problem because this works fine for us. Yeah. Another example of this was the golf lessons.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, early in our marriage, I I love the golf. I (laughs) love it. And so, early in our marriage, uh, Vonna took some lessons. When we were living in Alhambra, Vonna took a a handful of golf lessons and I, I thought it would be great one day when kids were out of the house and we had more time to spend together to golf together. And so, I started bringing that up again recently now that we're empty nesters and I said, Vonna, are you interested? Would you like to take some lessons and learn to go? And to her credit, she said, would you really like me to? And it was a genuine question. She said, do you want me to take lessons or do you want golf to be something that you just do with your guy friends? And, you know, I thought about that and thought, that is a really good question. I didn't rush into an answer. and I, In the end, thought it might be more comfortable if it was something I just did with my guy friends because if it's something that she took up and learned to love and wanted to do, I might feel uncomfortable any time my friends asked me to golf or I wanted to golf with the guy friends and then I didn't invite her and she was home feeling left out. So, now that may change. We may decide still somewhere down the road to, you know, once all my friends die and I'm 95 and still want someone (laughs) to go.
0: (laughs) Because I'm living to 100. So, maybe I can take golf up in my 90s. I love it.
1: I think you're going to. You're going to be so good.
0: Yeah. So again, not making things a problem that aren't really a problem and not trying to fit some standard. Like I always did think I would take up golf later because he likes it. And now I'm ready to just let him like it and not have to <laughs> like come <laughs> along with him.
1: But there are also other things throughout the course of our marriage that we have learned to love together. Like I did not, like walking was not a thing. Mm-hmm. And now you and I will go for walks pretty frequently, and yeah. you like to read. And I heard about reading; thought maybe <laughs> one day I would try it. Uh, but no, you've encouraged me, and I now I read. I don't read the same things that you read, but we've learned to like things together. But are comfortable enough and confident enough in our relationship that it's okay if we do things separately.
0: Yeah. So here's three bits of marriage advice that we are working on and we aren't perfect at them yet. So we're just gonna share all that. And one of those is learning to, as therapists would say, respond to a bid for attention. And so throughout the day, one or the other of us might come to share something, talk about something, or just get some attention or a hug. And for us, we've learned to understand that the other person might be focusing on something else at the time. And learn to not make it mean anything about our relationship if they aren't open at the moment to give you their full attention. And yet, there are some boundaries in our marriage where we do give full attention.
1: And the catchphrases I used to hear are related to this topic: "Are wherever you are, be there." You know, the idea of being present. When we do eat dinner together, that's a no-phone zone. We don't look at our phones. We. We'll talk, pay attention to each other and have a nice chat. So like when we'll go for walks together, we'll say, is this a no podcast, no earphones walk or are we, you know, it's because yeah. there are times when we have spent a lot of time together and already talked a lot and we might want to just go for a walk, hold hands and listen to individual podcasts.
0: Right. And just and that's just okay. be together yeah. without having to talk together. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, the second thing that we're working on is to listen to understand each other, not being busy to form a response. And this is something I have really learned during coaching and I'm learning to apply it to all my relationships. And I love actually getting a chance whenever someone talks for me to just listen only to understand what is true for that person and to quiet my own mind, to quiet any thoughts of, judgment about what they're saying, any thoughts of trying to figure out what I'm going to say next, but only to understand what they are trying to express.
1: This is such a meaningful skill And certainly to me does not come naturally. One of the areas where I'm trying to practice this in particular is with our children when speaking with them, just really trying to hear them and sometimes hear what's behind their words and what they're sharing to understand perhaps the feelings and emotions and whatever else is is packaged with what they're saying. Because what does come naturally for me is to be thinking about what I'm going to say next. That does, for some reason, form naturally. And so, it's a real effort to quiet that. Yeah,
0: for sure. I've really noticed this with all the practice I've had through coaching, that if I am thinking at all about what I'm going to say next, I am missing half of what the other person's saying. And so... It definitely takes an effort, but I really think this is such a great relationship skill all around, like Mike mentioned, for children, for our partners and spouses, for our friends at work. Yeah, yeah. So listen only to understand what is true for the other person. Okay, our third thing that we are working on actually was inspired by a post from Jody Moore, who is a life coach.
1: You shared this with me. I think it's great.
0: Yeah, I saw this on Instagram and loved it so much that I did forward it to Mike. I think I'll just read some of it because I thought it was so good. And she said, when I was a young girl, I made a list of the things I wanted in a husband. And my list included be good looking, make me laugh and feel special, take out the garbage, be a great father, tell me I'm pretty, be smart provide for our family. And she had several more things on her list. And then she said, this list sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? It's not. It's poison. Even though Jake is some of the things I had on my list, I suffered for a long time because I held onto the list in my mind. But today, this is my list. And she has one thing on her list. Be Jake. He's very good at it. It's the only thing I expect. And I'm the one who benefited when I threw that list away. Get rid of your list, my friends. You will thank yourself one day.
1: Vana forwarded that to me and said, Mike, I just want you to be Jake. <laughs> That's all you have to do. <laughs> and it simplified my life greatly.
0: Mm. <laughs> no, really. like Just the thought of just let Mike be Mike. That's my list. That's my expectation. He's really good at being Mike. He knows how to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and hopefully the Mike that I am today is not the Mike that I am next year. That I'm working on things to become better, to develop personally in a number of ways. Be- because if that's the case, then next year's is even better than this year's Mike.
0: We were going to share the example of driving.
1: Oh, goodness. Yeah, I think in that podcast where I was once invited on the show, we talked about driving and how I tend to be a fairly aggressive driver that makes Vana uncomfortable. And one of the things I was trying to do occasionally is just hand the keys to Vana and let her drive, which is not easy for me to do. And I can remember a couple of times when I did that. I laugh at myself now, but I would <laughs> I would hand her the keys and then, you know, just be a backseat driver or a front seat driver, just a passenger seat driver, wondering why she's taking this way home when the other way is faster and why isn't she doing this and why isn't she doing that? Did I actually open my mouth and use my out loud voice? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, turn here, turn here. <laughs> yeah, not good. That's a work in progress and the progress is slow. So I'm sorry.
0: So, in that situation, I guess we both are trying to learn, he's going to let me drive like Vana drives. Yeah. And I actually have to learn to let Mike be a passenger the way Mike is a passenger.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, here's another big one. Here's another big one. This is another slow train that we're going to work on. And that is, I have a tendency when something is missing... (laughs) to automatically assume someone else lost it, right? It certainly wasn't me and it's gone missing because somebody else was, you know, just careless or whatever. And so, this came to fruition this week in a way that I continue to laugh at myself. (laughs) But I ordered these protein shakes because I want to be healthier, right? And it's part of my diet and exercise program. We got this bag of vanilla protein powder and this bag of chocolate protein powder and they each have... These specific scoops, and you're supposed to put two scoops of this stuff in. So, I went the other day to make a chocolate protein drink with my lunch, and the scoop is missing. And I'm like, how in the world <laughs> could Vana lose the protein scoop? You just put it back in the bag when you're done. And, but not wanting to be that obnoxious, I asked her if. She'd seen the scoop to the chocolate protein shake and she seemed to have no idea why it wouldn't be in the bag and just use the one from the vanilla. And anyway, I was annoyed and apparently that annoyance crept into my tone. So, I used the vanilla protein shake scoop, put two big scoops in my protein drink and then realized I had opened a package of solid cocoa powder not my protein (laughs) drink. And I now had two giant scoops of bitter chocolate cocoa powder in my protein drink. And I just laughed at how stupid I was. And so, anyway, Vaughn has said that regardless of the words that I use, whatever's in my heart comes through. So, I don't Need to just change the words that I use. I need to change my heart. I need to not be annoyed. I need to instead be curious as to what else might have happened that I'm not finding the scoop or whatever the thing is, the tool or what's missing. So,
0: and I think that was just a funny example, but it was such a great example of how. Like, we can follow marriage tips. We're going to talk about this more in a minute. But, you know, try and manage the way we say things. Like, there's a right way to say it. And he didn't accuse me, really, of losing it. He just asked me where it was. Like, his words were fine, but I could just feel his thoughts.
1: (laughs) I was thinking too loudly.
0: You were thinking really really loudly. (laughs) Yeah. So, we're going to move on to three tips that we have made up. And haven't really heard these from anyone else, but you can take these or leave these, (laughs) but they work for us. One that I really haven't heard talked about much is food judgment within marriage. Really, when you get married and you start to share a life, like what you choose to eat, each of you is really deeply involved in your life, right? And I don't know that there's any marriage where people don't judge the other person's food choices at times because they're guaranteed to be different than yours, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we had an experience. This was more than 10 years ago when I decided I wanted to really go 100% in vegan mode because a doctor told me I had high cholesterol. I wanted to see what that diet could do for me.
1: Yeah. I applaud Vana's sensitivity. She knew that that would have a significant impact on me because here's the thing. I come from a family where we don't Eat to live, we live to eat. That's a big deal. So, she came to me and said, Mike, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? Or something to that effect. So, in the end, I thought I would try to be courageous and I said, listen, whatever you're going to make, make it for two as long as you agree with me not to be offended if I choose to go make myself something else. Because it doesn't appeal to me. So I I wanted to leave the door open that if I didn't like it, I could make something else without her being offended.
0: I loved that approach. I really appreciated him saying that. And I chose to like, yeah, not be offended, not expect him to be all in on this with me. And I totally give him credit because he has learned to like tofu, (laughs) Mm. and lots more vegetables than he would prefer to eat. Now, I am not 100% vegan anymore. I prefer plant-based food, but um, more a variety of food now.
1: Well, here's the thing. If you had come to me in a different way and said, I'm going to be vegan, like it or leave it, right, I would have been resentful and pushed back, and there would have been all kinds of drama, probably.
0: If I had said... We should both be vegan. Be good Good for for you. you.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Then I would say, Well, who are you to tell me? You know, and there's still some things I'm like, eh, tahini's still not on my top ten, right? But I've tried a lot more healthy foods than I would have otherwise and I'm not afraid of many of them anymore. So, yeah, so that's been good for both of us. The way you approached it, it was not a threat to me and I, you know, I still find some of my favorite foods that are not on your list and you're yeah. still very disciplined about not eating them and I applaud you for that.
0: Well, and that goes into the sugar thing, right? And and I just bring this up because I do hear from a lot of women who are frustrated with the way their husband eats and the way they think their husband should eat, but really the way we eat is so central to who we are and the kind of life that we want to live and what we want out of life that I really think it serves us best to let each other eat the way that we want. And Mike really loves sugar. And he has, over the years, really cut back on how much... I mean, it used to be unlimited. (laughs) (laughs) And now he has boundaries for himself. And I appreciate that. But he does eat a lot more sugar than I would. And I can't stop thoughts from coming up. But as soon as I notice those thoughts of like, oh, I wish he wouldn't sit down with that bag of chocolate popcorn. I just... (laughs) Catch myself and realize how judgmental I'm being and just let it go. I don't want him judging what I eat either. I want freedom to eat what I want to eat. And so I'll, I want to allow him that freedom too. It's so his life. I don't, have
1: to, I don't hide that, have to hide that stash of sugar anymore. I can just like <laughs> come out of the closet. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It. Another thing that we just made up, and I just shared this with Mike lately, but it's a thought that I've had for several years that really helps me be like all in on our marriage and committed and looking forward to it because of our faith and our religion. We believe that marriage can be eternal and it's going to be a long, long relationship that never ends. And that God has promised us that in the next life, if we invest in our marriage here, we keep our covenants and our commitments to each other and we just keep showing up imperfectly He's promised a perfect marriage to a perfect person in the next life, and that my husband will also get to be married to a perfect person in the next life. So, I just love that thought.
1: Yeah. And this is a new thought for me. I realize in the next uh, life, I'm going to be Jake. uh...
0: (laughs) (laughs) Stop trying to be Jake. Be Mike.
1: (laughs) I'm going to be Mike. I'm going to be a better Mike. But we, we won't be as encumbered by the weaknesses of humanity. Yeah.
0: And so God has given this guaranteed return on our investment. If we just keep showing up in marriage, if both people are willing to do that, then it's going to pay off big. That's good. Yeah.
1: Do you want to talk about board games and card games and things? (laughs)
0: So this is our final (laughs) marriage tip that we have made up. That is don't play the other person's game. (laughs) So one of the things we do like to do together is play board games and card games together. Mike, okay, let's just be honest. Mike's brain works a lot faster than mine. And when I'm playing a game, I'm just focused on my game, my cards, my strategy. Mike does that and he's watching my game too. He's watching my cards, my strategy and everything that I should be doing. And there have been times in the past he will reach over and actually take one of my cards and play it for me, and it doesn't it doesn't go well
1: from that. Well, it goes well for me because my my next play depends on you playing that card.
0: Yeah, it's always designed to move him forward, right? Well,
1: well, see, then I leveled up and. I started making recommendations that weren't designed to help me. They were just helping you. Just trying to and, help and me, still, which also did
0: not go it did well. Not go let well. me play my game. <laughs> so it goes back to let Vana play the way Vana plays. Let Vana be Vana.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: One of our sons made fun of this. He was playing a game with us one night. It was a card game. And how did he put it? He goes, oh, stop. Just everybody stop and look for a second. And he pointed out his cards were all in a nice, neat stack. And Mike's cards were all in a nice, neat stack. And my cards (laughs) were were, spread all over in front of me. And so.
1: One of these things is not like (laughs) the other. That was
0: funny. But don't play the other person's game. Let them play their game the way they want to play it and be themselves. That's our tip. So we wanna wrap up now and I just wanna like, we're taking kind of a sarcastic tone maybe (laughs) to marriage tips and marriage advice that are out there. But I do wanna say that usually what we hear, they are action items. They're things that people think you should do, like say it this way, communicate this way, do this thing. But in our experience and in our philosophy, those action steps really don't matter as much as this thing and that is how you truly feel about your partner and your thoughts about your partner that are creating those feelings because that energy radiates through all the actions and it flavors every way you respond to your partner and they can feel it and they'll respond back to your true feelings and your true thoughts
1: Yeah, there you go. Feelings and thoughts. So, looking at tips and advice that other people offer, you mentioned that list of 26 things to do to, you know, make your marriage better or whatever it is, doesn't work nearly as well as working on your thoughts about your circumstance with your spouse. Because if you control your thoughts, your feelings will be better. And so, these are some of the things that we've shared today are ways that we are working on to change our thoughts Mm -hmm. so that we feel differently and better about these activities that we do together. Yeah.
0: And so the final thought I want to share with you is there are two ways that we can have love in our life. And one of them is to receive love. And it is really lovely to be loved. But the other way is to give love. And I'm finding that giving love, actually really truly feeling love for someone else is even better. There's just something really spacious and soul feeling when you create that feeling in you of just big love for someone else. And no one can stop you from giving that love regardless of how well that other person is able at this point to give it back. So we can always have love in our life because of that.
1: You shared that idea with me before, and I, and I really do like that because we can't control whether or not others show or demonstrate their love to us, but we can always demonstrate it to others and feel it for others.
0: Yeah. So happy anniversary, Mike! Thanks for thirty nine years.
1: I am a better person because thirty nine years ago you made a simple mistake and said yes, uh, and it's been a marvelous journey. I sure love
0: you. Love you too. I really appreciate Mike coming on the podcast. Did you know that one of the best things you can do to make progress on anything in your life that you're trying to figure out is to ask yourself some really great questions. And for that reason, I'm calling this year the Year of Better Questions. And every Thursday, I send out another great question to the people on my email list. They're questions that I'm asking myself and that I find are really helpful for me to see what's going on and how I want to feel or understand what I need to do next. You can join my list at vonadavis.com. Take care until next time.